this puts the investor in a better position to have good returns going forward. So in a way, you're winning by not losing. Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. In today's episode, portfolio managers Matt Monomero, Om Karamulkar, and your host, Saad Rana, examine tax loss selling strategies to help crystallize losses and still achieve similar, more tax-efficient exposures. They also discuss Canadian banks, the low volatility factor, reducing risk with a barbell approach, and reinvesting in technology. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. Hello, and welcome to our weekly BMO ETFs Views from the Desk episode. I'm today's host, Saad Rana, an associate with the online ETF distribution team at BMO ETFs. I'd like to thank everyone for listening in today. We really appreciate your time. We are joined today with our experts, Matt Montemuro and Om Kermulker, both portfolio managers on our ETF desk and here today to answer all of our questions. Thanks to both of you for joining us. Thanks for having us, Saad. Excellent, so let's get started then. We'll go into our first question. So Canadian banks have been busy moving towards fiscal year end. One trend that we have seen continue is the issuance of limited resource capital notes, known as LRCNs. Can you discuss with us what this trend might mean and how advisors can get exposure to this new form of bank capital? Yeah, absolutely, Saad. And you know, as you've heard on this podcast uh, several times before, you know, our PM team remains quite constructive on Canadian banks, and we've discussed that. You know, I think the current discounts could be a buying opportunity for long-term investors. You know, I often get questions about how investors can um, take advantage of not just the equity market on the bank side, but the entirety of the bank capital structure. So in the last few years, we have seen uh, several new funding instruments be created for bank funding and offer a unique value proposition to investors. As you said in the question, the limited recourse capital notes or LRCNs are hybrid-like instruments that exhibit both bond and PREF characteristics. You know, these LRCNs make it cheaper for banks to raise tier one capital. And, you know, this new structure is likely to replace traditional retail $25 preferred shares over time. I think that's the expectation of, of when these LRCNs were first approved would be that they would, uh, over time, look to redeem the preferred shares that are currently in the market and then uh, launch new LRCNs. There is an annual limit as to what the banks can happen. So this is going to be a longer term trend, but these LRCNs definitely are going to be uh, a big part of the future funding market by uh, Canadian banks. We have seen issuance in this market pick up in August and September with uh, $3 billion in issuance alone. Uh, and that's been across several banks as, as a lot of them try to get up to those tier one thresholds, which are, which are recent on an annual basis. 
So in addition to these LRCN issuance, we've also seen the emergence of, of something called the institutional PREF market, which rather than the current retail PREF market, which have a $25 par value, this institutional PREF market has a $1,000 par value, making it another alternative to preferred equity that the banks can use to, uh, to get funding. So, you know, both of these instruments target a more institutional, institutionally focused market and institutional investors. Both basically have limits that only institutions can buy them. So over time, the expectation is that the bank retail pref market will slowly dry up as LRCNs and institutional preferred shares are issued to replace that old structure. So you know, what this trend means, uh, it, it might leave retail investors, which often use uh, PREFs as a nice yield premium, a good diversifier within a fixed income portfolio, uh, with a need for yield, with a need for diversification if they, if they get shut out of these new markets. So what we've done is launched an ETF called ZBI. And to solve that problem, we wanted to give retail investors and advisors access to this market that is currently only available to institutions. Uh, and so this uh, ETF ZBI gives investors exposure to the LRCN institutional PREF market in combination with traditional bank bond portfolio, kind of giving that stability that a lot of uh, Canadian investors uh, strive for in their fixed income, but also when they're looking at adding bank exposure. So, you know, why as an investor, why should you care about this product? The big benefit here is the yield premium you get. You, you get a significant yield premium with LRCNs and institutional prefs relative to bank bonds uh, and even relative to the, the retail $25 uh, preferred shares. So investors can uh, earn from these new instruments uh, close upwards of a 7% yield. So in combination with the fixed income portfolio with ZBI, that provides exposure to bonds, LRCNs, both $25 and $1,000 press. The average yield of just under 6% with a duration of two and a half years. So I, I think it's a, it's a very compelling story for, for investors. It fits a, a need right now for investors to have a higher yielding product, but, but at a duration of about two and a half years. So you're not taking on too much term risk, uh, allowing you to kind of really take advantage of, of the current market and really look to protect yourself um, in, in a market where we expect to, to continue to have a rising uh, rate trend. So, you know, looking at... Uh, ZBI, I do think it's uniquely positioned to perform well in the period ahead. It, it allows investors uh, to move up uh, the, in their credit qualities, but in AA rated exposure. So you're getting investment grade, uh, high quality bank exposure, and you're getting that kind of 6% yield with a short duration. I think really, it really is a perfect combination for the current market. And I think a lot of investors were taking a lot of calls on, on this ETF. And I think a lot of investors continue to look for new ways to achieve uh, yield in their portfolio. And ZBI, I think, is an excellent complement to your fixed income portfolio. Great. Thanks, Matt. Uh, certainly lots to think about as uh banks head towards that fiscal year end and continued issuance of LRCNs. And also thank you for walking us through ZBI's exposures and its features. Would you like to hear more from BMO Global Asset Management's team of investment experts? Check out the BMO Market Insights podcast. 
These timely, client-friendly episodes deliver the latest news and commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing, with a focus on exchange-traded funds. Available now at bmoetfs.ca, that's bmoetfs.ca, or on your favorite podcast platform. Now, let's switch over to our next question. Om, I'm going to direct this one to you. Uh, So the low volatility factor has done really well year-to-date. What is the outlook going forward, given the strong outperformance already in ETFs such as ZLU and ZLB? As well, is there a strategy investors can implement using this factor? Great question, Seth. So we know that low vol factors, they have continued to do well this year. So if you look at, uh, you know, within Canada, ZLB versus ZCN, which is the low vol Canadian ETF versus the TSX, ZLB has outperformed by approximately 4% year to date. And if you just look in uh, on the in the U.S. side, ZLU has outperformed the broad market, uh, which is ZSP, significantly this year by almost 15%. So in terms of outlook, so before I go into the outlook side, you know, I just wanted to highlight, you know, take a step back and highlight what we mean by the low vol uh, factor or what we mean by low volatility. So this concept of low volatility is new. It's an equity strategy that tries to invest in all things being equal in less risky stocks versus higher risk stocks. So to give you an example, you know, uh, we invest in companies, you know, grocery companies such as Sobeys or Loblaws instead of junior miners. So if you look at ZLB in Canada, you know, holdings such as Loblaws, Dollarama, which are, you know, blue chip companies with so- solid cash flow and revenue. Uh, have added value here to date versus holding, uh, you know, companies such as Shopify, which are, you know, classify them slightly higher risk uh, um, within the Canadian space. And similarly, in the U.S., you know, we, we saw a similar story where holding companies such as Campbell Soup uh, instead of tech names added value. So, you know, the number one goal of low wall strategies uh, is to accomplish is less drawdown. And this puts the investor in a better position to have good returns going forward. So in a way, you're winning by not losing. So now, now back to your question in terms of outlook. So, uh, you know, yes, the low wall factor has done really well this year, but that doesn't mean that it won't continue to perform well uh, going forward. You know, we are still constructive on the, on the low wall equities. And that's, that's mainly because, you know, we will continue to see bouts of volatility in the equity market. And that's mainly driven by a few factors. One is, the monetary policy, or as you've seen, Feds or Bank of Canada uh, come out and say that you know they will do everything in their power to b- bring inflation down. Uh, you know, we recently we did see you know inflation tick down slightly uh, in Canada, for example. However, they're still not at the levels that the Feds or Bank of Canada want. And also, if we kind of look in Europe, you know, the geopolitical tension there between Russia, Ukraine, and just overall EU, it's still there. It's getting worse with the annexation recently. So, you know, we, we're still very constructing, uh, constructive on the low-wall equities. Furthermore, you know, it's a great strategy to hold, especially for investors concerned about downside, and they want to skew away from cyclical sectors. These ETFs are, you know, highly complementary as well. It's a pure play approach on the low-wall factor, which looks different from the index. So hence, it translates into diversification. And one thing we know in investing, you know, diversification is free lunch. So in terms of outlook, we are constructive on low wall, and we believe that it will continue to have, uh, you know, strong risk-adjusted performance versus the broad market. 
moving on to the second question in terms of, uh, you know, strategies investors can implement, uh, you know, one of the strategies that, you know, we, we look at using the low wall factor is a barbell approach. You know, it's between the low wall or a defensive factor versus a, and a growth factor. So this barbell strategy, you know, uh, provides exposure to both defensive and growth exposures. So let's use an example. You know, ZLU, which is our U.S. Uh, low wall uh, ETF, provides a more defensive low volatility exposure, which can be balanced with ZNQ, which is our NASDAQ exposure, uh, which provides a much more growth exposure. And this kind of barbell approach has provided a much better risk-adjusted return versus the broad market over the medium to long term. And a similar strategy can be implemented within the Canadian market as well. So using ZLB and ZCN, which is the Canadian low wall and the TSX composite. Just to summarize, you know, given the current headwinds, we expect a balanced approach going forward with exposure to both defensive, low wall, and growth equities can potentially add value to investors with managing downside risk at the same time. Thanks, Om, on that uh, great update on the outlook of our uh, low volatility factor and strategy around implementing this factor in portfolios. Uh, Matt, turning it over to you for our next question. Uh, tax loss selling is always topical as we enter the fall months. Um, 2022 is a year that you know uh, presents some interesting opportunities for fixed income investors. So what is unique uh, about this year and how can investors take advantage of what has been a challenging market? Tax loss selling is always a, a hot topic around this time of year. You know, normally tax loss opportunities in fixed income are, are quite minim- minimal, just given the range bound nature of fixed income returns. So, you know, most investors tend to focus on the equity side of their book when they're, when they're looking at uh, tax loss opportunities. You know, 2022, though, has been a little bit of a different beast uh, altogether. You know, we've seen fixed income returns range from negative 5% on the short end to all the way to negative 22% in the long end. So while we do expect that the worst is behind us from from a fixed income return perspective. You know, investors should seriously look to crystallize some of those fixed income losses. So whether investors choose to either reposition their fixed income exposure to to try to uh, navigate the market ahead, or just using a like for like exposure to capture that tax benefit, ETFs are an excellent tool for the tax loss process. You know, our segmented fixed income exposure gives investors the flexibility to reposition or rebalance exactly how they want to, whether it be uh, credit, uh, maybe it's de-risking the portfolio, maybe it's shortening duration or or lengthening duration. You know, that segmentation really allows you to pick and choose exactly the exposure you want. But we also have many broad beta ETFs that allow you to move in and out to, to crystallize those losses. So today, I'd like to specifically focus on our suite of discount bond ETFs, which will give you a double benefit here in terms of enabling you not only to crystallize that loss, but to rebalance into a similar but more tax-efficient exposure going forward. So our suite offers three targeted exposures. You have ZDB, which is the uh, our aggregate discount bond ETF. Very, it's, it's basically the exact same exposure as ZAG or ZAG, so the aggregate bond universe. 
We have ZSDB, which is the short aggregate exposure, most similar to ZSB or the short one to five year aggregate universe. And then finally, we have ZCDB, which is our corporate exposure, most similar to ZCB, but also could be used with ZCM, ZCS, and ZLC. That's our segmented uh, corporate exposures. And that's for those looking for that pure corporate exposure. So all three of these options, I think, are excellent ways uh, if investors are looking to crystallize some losses as ways to ensure that they're moving into to either similar products or repositioning their, their portfolios uh, accordingly. You know, these ETFs mimic the broad universe from a risk characteristics perspective. So, you know, if you're looking at things like duration, yield, sector, subsector, you know, those things are all going to be aligned to the overall aggregate parent. But what we do is we mindfully select bonds with coupons that are attractive from a tax perspective. So we aim to minimize the coupon while not giving up yield or giving up any of the specific risk characteristics or exposures. So from a go-forward tax perspective, investors will benefit from that lower tax burden of having a lower coupon. So you're not giving much up in terms of the exposure, but what you're doing is taking advantage of a lower coupon going forward. So it's kind of a win-win from a tax perspective. So for those considering uh, tax loss selling this fall, uh, especially on the fixed income side of their book, you know, I'd, I'd highly encourage you to take a look at our discount bond suite. So ZDB, ZSDB, and ZCDB, and they should be perfect substitutes and go for tax efficient investments that uh, I hope you guys consider. Excellent. Great. Thanks, Matt, for your insights on uh, how investors can implement tax loss selling in these challenging markets. Does market volatility have you wondering where to go to ride out the storm? Not all cash equivalents are created equal, and BMO's money market and ultra-short-term bond ETFs offer several high-quality options to park client cash. To learn more, visit bmoetfs.ca and search for tickers ZMMK, ZST, and ZUS, or read our latest product insights. Moving on to our final question then for today, which is on tech. Home. Uh, technology companies have corrected significantly this year. Uh, what's your outlook on tech? And could you also speak to our ETF ZWT, uh, where we also employ a covered call uh, overlay on this ETF? Uh, as well, could you speak to tax loss selling, since we're on that topic already, uh, opportunities that may be available in this space? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's definitely been a tough year for uh, tech companies this year. However, uh, looking ahead, we are cautiously you know, positive in the technology sector. You know, given these companies, you know, in the last earnings, we saw that they signaled on expense management. So, for example, we saw a lot of them doing hiring freezes or cutting costs. Furthermore, you know, uh, the revenue and earnings in these companies are also expected to rise, you know, because they have succeeded in passing along costs to their underlying customers. So let me give you an example. Uh, for example, you know, with inflation talks, we always think, oh, tech, it's, it won't do well. But companies like Visa and MasterCard. So if you if you look at, you know, let's talk about a TV. If you purchased a TV for $1,000 last year using, you know, your MasterCard or Visa, they charge a percentage to the merchant. But that same TV now costs 1500 or 2000 So, and if you use your Visa or MasterCard to pay for that, 
you know, you're, you're getting the underlying company. So Visa or MasterCard, they're collecting revenue on a percentage of your purchases. So with prices rising, their underlying revenue is actually increasing. So it's actually beneficial for them. And furthermore, you know, as I mentioned previously, if inflation, you know, we, we did see inflation start to slowly, uh, you know, uh, come down in Canada, but, you know, we're still kind of monitoring that. So if inflation does start to slow further, you know, we find it, it's an interest, interesting setup to start reinvesting in the technology sector. And, you know, there are two reasons for this. This allows investors to gain exposure to the secular growth, but also potentially getting uh, exposure to the reacceleration of earnings and revenue in these companies. However, you know, like I said, the headwinds, you know, that bog these companies down, you know, year to date, they haven't fully dissipated. So hence having a more cautious approach in investing in the sector will be much more prudent. So, you know, this is where, you know, gaining exposure through ZWT, which is our technology covered call ETF, provides a good balance between upside participation, income, and lower volatility for our end client. So speaking of ZWT, uh, you know, I'll just give a bit overview of it. You know, we hold 30 technology names within within the ETF, with top names being blue chip companies such as Google or Alphabet, uh, Amazon, Microsoft, and Apple. On top of that, we write uh, calls on 50% of the portfolio to generate income, with the yield currently setting at about 6% annualized. It's a perfect tool for a well diversified portfolio. For all clients who want exposure in the technology sector, and you know, as I like to say, it's the growth engine of the economy, while keeping volatility and risk in line with their objectives. Because, like I said, you know, the risks are still there, as all the risks have haven't dissipated yet. But it's a good opportunity to start looking and entering uh, the technology space uh, through a, a safer option such as ZWT. On the tax loss selling front, uh, you know, Matt, Matt highlighted on the fixed income side. Uh, on, the, on the technology side, you know, there's some good opportunities as well. Uh, you know, this sector has been down uh, almost 30% year to date. Uh, so moving your non-registered positions that if you have tech exposure, you know, such as NASDAQ or any other tech exposure, moving into a much more tax efficient ETFs such as ZWT, uh, you know, you get the benefit of, you know, tax loss harvesting, but at the same time, you can get exposure to, you know, uh, quality technology companies with uh, income and lower volatility. So it's a, it's a good good opportunity, uh, both from uh, gaining exposure in a space that has been hit uh, significantly this year, but at the same time as year-end rolls in, a great opportunity to crystallize some of those uh, losses uh, for tax benefits. Great. Thanks for that update there, Om. And uh, walking through your outlook on tech and advantages of tax loss selling using uh, ZWT. Really good information there. And that's it for our questions this week. I did want to thank everyone for listening in. We really appreciate your time. And thank you to both Matt and Om for some great answers covering you know, a lot of areas in the market. And we really appreciate your updates. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. To Saad Rana. Matt Monomero and Om Karmalkar for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today, we heard about the BMO Low Volatility Canadian Equity ETF ticker ZLB, which invests in blue chip companies with steady cash flow, such as Loblaws and Dollarama. 
Our experts also discussed the BMO Covered Call Technology ETF, ticker ZWT, which provides exposure to a diversified portfolio of North American technology companies while earning call option premiums. For more information about the ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. That's bmoetfs.ca. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management.